I'm Holly Phillips, I'm the Principal Naval Architect. I first joined the crew in Poole in 92 and then I was a staff member in 2002. So I was both a crew member and staff member for a while. I suppose I've always just loved the water, being in it, on it, under it. My, my grandfather had uh, one of the old Coast Guard cottages just behind Swanage Lifeboat Station. So we used to go there on holiday for a few weeks every summer. And when I was about probably 10 or 11, I started getting involved with working on the quay, on the runabouts and the passenger boats. So I was probably really annoying. <laughs> and yeah, I've always wanted to sort of get involved with boats. And even on the Isles of Scilly, when we went there one year, I ended up just being on the boats all day, all week. My mum and dad didn't really see me. And by the end of the week, I was collecting the tickets. So I went to Southampton University and as part of my individual project, I wanted to do something for the RNLI. I was the only girl, as it turned out, in my um, cohort at, at university. And at the time, it didn't really occur to me that I was the only girl. It was only later that people made more of a thing of it. I suppose. And there was, in, in the three years when I was there, there was no one in the year below me, but there was, there was a girl in the two years below me. I mean, the things have changed now, luckily, because um, I think it's important that people understand that, you know, you can just go and do what, what you want to do. And if you've got the confidence to do it, you know, just, just go for it. You want to encourage everyone, not just girls, you want to encourage boys as well to go into engineering because, you know, even, you know, there's, there's much more kind of fancy kind of career paths that people can take. And it's trying to really sell the benefit of engineering overall to everybody. But, but yeah, including, including girls as well, of course. Oh, it's fun. <laughs> um, it's kind of useful fun. You know, it's great getting together with a bunch of people that are trying to design something and problem solve because that's the real love of most engineers, is solving a problem. The Saving Lives at Sea programmes that are on at the moment, you know, that is just such a brilliant reminder of what not what everybody does. But, you know, I look at it from an engineering point of view and just think, oh, yeah, I remember when we designed that bit. And, and it's just, it's just so lovely to see, especially when, you know, people are being saved, when otherwise perhaps they wouldn't be. I became the project manager for the E-Class Mark II project. The, um, the project brief was to design and develop and build three boats for Tower and Chiswick. Yes, it's the same river, but they're so totally different in terms of location. And clearly the crews had very different ideas about what they wanted as well. But the, the remit was one boat, one boat design. You know, we have to work together to come up with that. The differences different between Chiswick and Tower. So Chiswick is quite tranquil, have a lot of rowers. They're typically the, the people that they go and rescue. So the, the aft deck platform at the stern had to be really close to the water. So it was easy to get people out over the, the water and that they could potentially partly submerge the platform under the casualty craft. So that's definitely a requirement um, at Chiswick, but at, but at Tower, it's very much speed literally snatch and grab and you we had this kind of it's called the rescue zone but it's basically up on the forward shoulder of the boat um on the sort of poor starboard bow where literally they could 
speed up to the casualty and the the crew could hang over the side and just grab grab the person so there was no time to maneuver the boat i mean sometimes there is i guess but but the majority of the time it was all about the speed so the ops requirement was 40 knots um that's that came from our operators who who know the river and they know what's needed i think Obviously, the, the greater the speed, the greater the risk to the to the certainly the people on the boat. Things fly past you so quickly at 40 knots, and if something goes wrong, it would go like seriously wrong. And actually, we we put a restriction on on the boats. This is this is what the operators wanted us to do because of that reason that actually they felt 40 was fine and that 45 presented too much of a risk particularly because the, what, the boats that we were replacing were doing like 33, 35. It was such a massive step up. In the Queen's Birthday Honours 2014, I was awarded the MBE. I mean, I have to say, when I first got the letter through the post, I thought it was a hoax. I genuinely did. It was slightly wonky on the bit of paper and I was just thinking, nah, I can't be right. But yeah, obviously, when I realised it was it was true, I was extremely humbled by it. But you know, as I as I said at the time, you know, it's, you never do anything on your own ever, especially in this place. I'm led to believe it was it was around the E-class project. You know, yes, I was the project manager, but you know, there was there were so many people, even you know, from the team who were still in my team today, and the wider organisation. You you cannot do a project without it being a team effort and I accept that you know sometimes you can't award these things to kind of a whole team but you know it definitely I received it on their behalf is how I will always want it to be kind of conveyed and how I made it very clear <laughs> at the time um, and it was a wonderful thing um, but in a way so I'm getting a little bit emotional now <laughs> in a way more to me than the, the actual MBU that I got was um and i've still got it at home <laughs> um my team made me an mbe out of cardboard and it had this massive piece of rope on it and this kind of metal eye and and that that meant more to me because it was like they accepted that i'd received this amazing accolade but actually it was kind of with them in mind that you get two invitations and obviously it was my my mum and my sister and then I I put in for two others um which I was lucky to to get both of and so the the first one of those was my ex-husband but still very good friend Steve Vince who was the coxswain at Paul Lifeboat Station um so he came and also Ian Winky Marsh who was um the skipper of the passenger boat that I used to work on on the quay and he taught me so much, well they both did, but particularly Winky when I was a child on the on the passenger boats, teaching me how to drive boats. Yeah, I owe so much to both of them. So we knew that the Queen was there, but we still didn't know if it was going to be Her Majesty presenting us. And I remember in the, the holding room, or whatever it was called, we were there with a bunch of very official looking people they were teaching us how to walk backwards. So I generally don't wear dresses and high-heeled shoes, as you can probably tell. And so even just standing up 
in high heel shoes was a bit of a challenge for me. Walking forwards was enough of a challenge, but obviously because you can't turn your back on the Queen or whoever it is, you have to learn how to walk backwards as part of the ceremony. <laughs> so that was absolutely hilarious because there was quite a few other people, same as me, that weren't really that competent but um, luckily I didn't fall over at the time we went in but we didn't know we still didn't know until we actually walked in that it was Her Majesty which is so special especially given then what what happened a few years later Um, yeah she asked me about the well the new class of boat Um, she's absolutely incredible it's really nice to know that sort of I'm kind of part of them um, part of the actual boats I sort of view them slightly perhaps like my my children my offspring to some to some extent so they sort of feel like they're sort of part of me a little bit I always joke to to my friends but I do kind of mean it that you know boats have feelings too Hello, I'm Ashley Jones. I'm Water Safety and Drowning Prevention Manager for Swim England. You've been listening to part of the RNLI's 200 Voices collection. To hear more remarkable stories, head to rnli.org forward slash 200 voices or subscribe to the RNLI wherever you get your podcasts. 200 Voices is produced for the RNLI by Adventurous Audio Limited.